In November 2019, Thriving Now put on a symposium in Sydney that brought together some of Australia's leading thinkers on neurodiversity in the workplace. This series has been created to capture the perspectives and insights shared on the day to help you grow your enterprise by embracing difference through the employment of people with ADHD and autistic and dyslexic individuals. To find out more about how Thriving Now can help your business benefit from neurodiversity growth, visit thrivingnow.com.au forward slash consulting. And to register your interest for our next event, visit neurodiversitysymposium.com.au forward slash register. Judy Singer first coined the word neurodiversity while writing a sociology thesis on the rise of the autistic self-advocacy movement at the University of Technology, Sydney in 1998. In her thesis, Judy foresaw that a broader movement would emerge as other neurological minorities followed in the autistic's footsteps. She therefore proposed the idea of a neurodiversity movement as an umbrella term for all of them as they strove to end discrimination caused by negative stereotypes. Judy, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome and what a fantastic summary. (laughs) (laughs) It was a pleasure to read out. Um, Judy, you've done some incredible work. I'm really curious about how has the term neurodiversity evolved over the past decade? Well, it's become much more widespread right across the Anglosphere and also, you know, starting in Europe and even Japan to some extent. Um, I, I think... The term hasn't evolved, but there have been different interpretations of it, and um, the main—I mean, the main one that's correct—is that neurodiversity is a property of the planet, and that it's a good thing um, for the planet. That, but then probably a negative evolution is that some people don't quite know what it means, and they think it's a synonym for neurological disorder. So um, you hear things like people with neurodiversity. Um, Well, no, the planet is neurodiverse because we're all different in it. Um, And we also have the word neurodiverse to describe people. Again, it's a synonym for disability and it's very much used by businesses. And it's simply a wrong usage of the word because it doesn't apply to individuals. But I do realise that um, language does evolve and as long as these businesses are doing good work, then I'm very happy for that to... um, for that, I'm not going to fight it. Mm. Um, But I do think there is a risk that if it becomes a synonym for neurologically disabled people, that it will eventually attract stigma and just and things won't change. It'll still be very um, what's wrong based on what's wrong with the individual rather than that diversity is actually a good thing for all of us. Yeah, so it's a really good point. It kind of brings me on to uh, my next question for you, which is around, you know, some of the challenges we're facing in relation to neurodiversity. So, you know, these misconceptions around what that actually means. Um, Is there sort of conflict arising because of the way that, you know, different people are using this term at the moment? 
Oh, well, definitely. And I think it's not surprising because it's basically a movement. It's a it's kind of an ideology, I suppose. And as soon as you've got a movement, you attract its antithesis. Um, and there's always going to be it's always going to polarize people. There's now an anti neurodiversity movement, um, and it's really within um, the autistic movement. Um, the autistic movement is a little bit more problematic um, than dyslexia and dyspraxia because of the because of the range of um, well, you're not allowed to say mild, moderate and severe now, but you can say level one, level two, level three, which means the same thing. And the people who've got <coughs> um, family members who've got level three really resent the fact that people on level one who've got, you know, who seem to be fo- functioning quite well um, are calling themselves autistic. But I think this is created by the DSM-5, which turned what was Asperger's syndrome, which was becoming an identity, and rolled it back into autism, which was a disability. And that's just caused a lot of confusion. Yeah, it, it's it's a really... Um, it seems very challenging as an outsider myself um, to understand, you know, what... It, you know, even in my preparation for doing this, what, what is appropriate to say, um, what is not appropriate... Uh, and, you know, different people feel different ways about things as well. So, you know, for, for people listening to this who are keen to kind of understand and lean into neurodiversity and actually really embrace what it's about, um, what would you say to them? Like, what, what, what is this really about in terms of our progress as a society? Well, I think the, the easiest way to go about it is if you're unsure is to ask um we've seen that with gender it's the same thing it's gender diversity now we don't have just two genders we have you know a different spectrum i guess and so you know and they've developed their own language you know the his hers what they want to be called cis what trans whatever and that's that causes conflict but um, and it's the same with um, autism. Um, some people want to be called autistic. Some people want to be called people with autism. You know, and there's a lot of biffo about that. But really, um, it, you know, it's got to be a bit of give and take. And I think if you've got goodwill, I mean, people do sense that and you ask with goodwill. Um, and it's also the way it's... It's to do with postmodernism as well. You know, we came from an era where everything was, you know, black and white, distinctive, sort of atomic, you know, um, Newtonian almost, and now we've got quantum and everything's fuzzy and everything's a spectrum and our language is not really keeping up and it's something that will take a long time to settle down and we do need new words, like neurodiversity was a new word for an idea that humanity's never considered. I mean, obviously, you know, my, actually my father always used to say to me, because my mother was autistic, and he said, you have to accept, everyone's different, you have to accept people as they are. And that's true. But we live in a system that classifies people in certain ways, and we're trying to change that classification. 
and it's just not good enough and new words will evolve. Judy, final question for you. Um, do you believe we're seeing progress here and what can we do to continue moving forward? I think there definitely is progress. There is just so much awareness. When you think about you know, programs like um, Employable Me and Autistics in Love, for instance, um, you know, everyone now knows about autism. And when I first did this, I predicted that, that we were moving into what was pretty much an autistic age, you know, the, the computers and their close links with autism. And awareness just is growing and keeps growing. And there's, no, there's not going to be any way back to the past, but we still have to um, keep working on making it better for everybody because really it's about accepting that we're all different and accommodating people instead of putting people into this kind of straitjacket of, you know, you're either intelligent or you're not or you're social or you're not. It's much more and much more interesting. And this and when you go to meetings where to places where there's lots of autistic people, you have, can have the most fabulous conversations. We benefit. Judy, thank you so much for your time. Fascinating chat, really enjoyed it. Thank you. I liked it too.